from the creators who brought you RuPaul's Drag Race and Million Dollar Listing. This is World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's edition of the Wow Report where, as usual, we count down the top 10 things of the week that made us go wow. I'm Fenton Bailey, co-founder of World of Wonder, joined by Jimmy St. Jimmy. Uh, <laughs> no, James St. James, editor of the Wow Report. Tom Campbell is away on a secret mission this week. Um, <laughs> and standing in very kindly, patiently, is Blake. Hi. <laughs> Let's start with the countdown. Number 10. Number 10. Have you guys heard of Swarm? I know James has because he's been watching it. It is an American satirical psychological horror thriller television series created by Janine Neighbors and Donald Glover, who is Childish Gambino. Of And Janine Neighbors is like Atlanta, which Donald Glover was on. Yeah. And the series follows Dre, Dominique Fishback, a young woman whose obsession with a pop star takes a dark, dark turn. It's like... The, the hive is basically the bay hive yes a pop star named what najani or something nisha 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 and um she's very much a beyonce character and she is this girl who's sort of a sad sack loser but she's in, obsessed with this character and the first episode i swear to god blake i don't know what the hell you were, you were like you have to watch you have to watch it is the most darkest bizarre like that last scene had me shooketh where <laughs> I literally was my I had goosebumps on my goosebumps. I was <laughs> I had to turn the TV off and just like just absorb what I had just seen. Fenton what Beetle, had you just about? seen? I haven't seen it. I've heard about it. Um, and of course, you know, anything by Donald Glover sounds brilliant. He is. And, he really is just absolutely brilliant with his finger on the pulse of of society. Smart, smart, smart. But when she's eating the pie covered in blood, and she's eating just like scooping it up with her hands, and she's like, like looks like she's just out of her mind. It was the it, is, it was the craziest image I've ever seen. It is nuts. I like every episode. You're like, what the fuck was that? And well, I did, and I texted you immediately. I was, I was like, "The fuck did you just make me watch?" Like, I was it, like, "Did I accidentally send you a nudie video?" <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I would have been less shocked by a nudie video of you than what I watched on on what was it? It's Amazon on. Prime, right? I'm surprised, James, that you can be shocked. I mean, uh, that isn't a regular everyday thing. Well, I guarantee. Watch the first episode. They're, they're only like 40 minutes, I believe. They're they're yeah. they aren't they, yeah. And just with there's a scene at the don't skip to the end because you got to sort of build to it because I know how you are, Fenton. You will <laughs> go straight to what you you will have no context and go straight to it. But you should watch the first episode. I am hooked. I am absolutely hooked. That Daniel Fishback is is, is uh, fine. She really is. She seems she like is a so really something great. Yeah, she's awesome. The lead and it, there's also it's got Chloe Bailey in it who is not Hallie Bailey, who is going to be the, the new Little Mermaid. It's her sister. Oh, right, yeah. Okay. Um, it's Billie Eilish. Oh, right. There's an episode with Billie Eilish and her acting debut. And Billie uh, is pretty creepy, too, isn't she? Mm-hmm. She's a, like a 
cult leader. And then there's uh, Paris Jackson. Oh, right. Paris is in it. Yes. I, and, I'm very excited for this, to, to follow through with this. And then Rory Culkin, of course. Oh, we see know. Rory Culkin's penis. Rory yeah. Culkin's penis in the first 10 minutes. Like he, like, it, we're having some Culkin, because we saw Kieran's on Succession, right? Remember we did? Sent the penis? I we think sent we did. Penis. I mean, yeah, he, sent, he sent a picture of his penis to his father, and the father opens it up during the meeting. And he's true, like, oh, but do we know wrong. that that was actually his penis? Well, we don't know that this is Rory's penis either. I but think. I like the idea of seeing all the all the different the peni of the Culkin family. Yes, the <laughs> peni of the Culkin Culkin pena. So can I ask? So I I know that if it's Donald Glover, it's dark and it's funny too, right? Yes. Dark and funny. There and... are bits of humor in it, yes. Mm-hmm. Very dark humor, yeah. And when you think it's going to zig, it zags. And when it zags, you think it's going to zig. It's, yeah. it's just zip, very zig zig ah <laughs> zig, zig, Zig-zag Sputnik, maybe. Yes. <laughs> All right, so that's Swarm streaming on Prime. Number nine. Number nine. You knew it had to come. Succession. It started last week, and of course was watching um i do have a slightly strange take on this season Uh um sat down to watch it and i thought oh you know okay it's good you know i mean you know kendall is so uh, amazing as a sort of maladapted it's all the sort of maladaptation maladapted characters that are so fascinating they're all broken every single one of them thank you that's beautifully said all broken and watching away and um, I was so excited because I think her name is Marsha, right? The the mate, the the woman who was married to the boss, right? The, yes. the wife who sort of disappeared from the season, and I say, oh, she's back. That's odd, interesting. Anyway, Billy and I we get to the end of the whole episode, and then it says, you know, like it does on streaming, it says, do you want to watch the next episode? And we're like, oh, that's interesting. They're showing two episodes of the new season, and we were like. Oh, really no. excited. Did you end up watching like season two or something and didn't yes, realize it? We watched the wrong episode. We watched. <laughs> we watched I was like, the... There was no Marsha. I don't know what the hell. Exactly. I was just letting it go for a minute, but I had no idea where you were going. Sound <laughs> like you to let me go on. But uh, <laughs> we watched the entire episode and never once did we think. And I've watched every episode, and never once did we think we've seen this we've episode seen this all before. <laughs> well, it is interesting that as I was watching it, I thought, do I have to go back and re- refresh my memory and watch a couple old episodes because I don't really remember where it left off? And then it started, and there was about five or ten minutes where I was like, "What is going on?" And then you do sort of like everyone is so similar in in their all nasty behavior and everything that they all do sort of tend to blend together and you don't really need you can just sort of dive in anywhere i guess that is so true it's it's like that thing like i don't know if you've ever had that experience where you've picked up an old newspaper and started reading it and and like <laughs> you're like yeah okay and then you look at the date and it's like 10 years old why well, okay <laughs> yeah anyway so we then did watch the, the mystery here is, though, we can't figure out which episode of which season we watched. Because 
I went back to read the recaps of season one, of, sorry, season two, episode one, and season three, episode one, and it bore no relation to what we watched. So you literally just dipped in somewhere in the middle of the series without ever. I guess that's I, how do you even do that? They were all in Kendall's apartment, uh, and Kendall was trying to persuade the kids to go against their father, and Tom was, you know, offering himself up to go to prison in the way in the cruise ship scandal. I think that was season three. And they were all lawyering up. Yeah, but I, I, I read the, the synopsis of episode one of season three. It, it was like, nope, that's not it. Because so I think I, so much of season three was Tom thinking he was going to prison. And then at the very end, he found out that he wasn't. Right. And um, Kendall was mounting his attempt to take over um, from the dad, you know, after he had done the switcheroo at the season finale press conference right right anyway anyway we then went on to watch the episode of season four and um yeah i mean uh, so what you're telling saying is that you aren't as gung-ho maybe this season as you were in previous seasons well i wasn't at first because i was watching the wrong episode right so i was like i thought this feels like and also you know like succession obviously they pull off some kind of visual stunt. Um, in this particular episode that we watched, they were basically in an apartment for the entire episode. And so it didn't have any trips on planes or resorts. Well, it it or- did have that wonderful Nan who had that great house. And I, I don't know. Oh, love her. I love the way. I do love her. Um, played by uh, Ch- uh, Cherry Jones, of course. Yes, Cherry um, Jones, yes. She, I, I love the way she's always pretending that money is so vulgar while being rapacious as hell. <laughs> yes. just, just like, well, that, oh, that, I don't that, talk numbers, but, you know, um, it would have to be an eight or a nine. You know, <laughs> billion. <laughs> and just the whole, yeah, it's just that whole idea of, I, I find money so vulgar, but she is just in this hundred billion dollar, you know, estate and surrounded by it. Just everything about her just screams that stealth wealth mm. that uh, is so good on this show. I also loved the hundred, which is the, the sort of news app uh, streaming crap thing that yeah. the kids are trying to launch. And when they're, they're having a logo discussion. <laughs> yeah. You felt a, like you've been there, done that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I just don't see any resemblance in that respect. <laughs> I just thought it was like, you know, the hundred just sort of feels complete it's just got doomed written all over it so that's my take on succession no james i'm totally into it and excited for it i just accidentally watched a completely random episode and um was none the wiser until until well it it the the whole thing about the show is and what i'm going to talk about in a second is Mm. it does give you step by step how to be a billionaire, like how, how billionaires act, how it is that you are supposed to be dressing, talking, everything, you know, it, it's, it's an etiquette class for up and coming billionaires, which I think is where you uh, find your entrance. This is every episode. You're like learning something new for your future Fenton Bailey. So. Oh, please. I wish. No, <laughs> but maybe this is a good moment to segue to number eight, James. Number eight. Number eight, I want to talk about Succession Part 2 because (laughs) there was a moment in this episode that had me, and I think all of the country, rolling on the floor laughing when um, Cousin Greg brings a date to the party and 
Tom pulls her aside and is and says that everyone is scandalized because she's brought a Louis Vuitton bag with her. And uh, that, Burberry, sorry, Burberry oh, sorry, bag. Yeah, yeah she, she brought that Burberry bag with her with that awful, you know, disgusting uh, plaid. It's so loud and vulgar. And uh, he uh, says he has that great thing where he says, um, look at her ludic- ludicrously capacious handbag. What's even in it, Greg? Her shoes for the subway? Her lunch pail? Greg, it's monstrous. It's gargantuan. You could take it camping. You could slide it across the floor during a bank robbery. <laughs> and everyone is just like, she is so low class. She's low, low trash because it's that thing where they say, you know, money talks but wealth whispers and everybody on this show, nobody ever wears logos. Like, you know, if you're a billionaire, you do not wear a Chanel with a C or a Gucci with a G. Well, that's the interesting thing about Tom's speech, because in an earlier episode, in an earlier season, he wore a branded Moncler vest to a a Davos conference. And Roman said, you know, Nice vest. It's so puffy. What stuff? What's it stuffed with? Your hopes and dreams. <laughs> <laughs> They're so good. They they really can just. And so now he has learned his lesson, and he's right. passing it off to cousin Greg. And I always think about the one thing that Kanye West says that I always like. Like I don't quote Kanye very often, but he says millionaires wear gold chains, billionaires do not. And he always says that to other rappers, you know, billionaire, you know, millionaires wear bling, billionaires do not. And it is that thing where, and we're going to talk about it some more with Gwyneth, because, you know, you wear grays and beiges and it's, it costs $10,000. It's the row, but only other billionaires know that it costs $10,000. And if you're walking down the street, you are literally, it's, it's billionaire bore core is what uh, Wall Street Journal calls it. And it's just, it's that sort of stealth wealth. Uh, I, I, there was a great article in Town and Country called, it, it, they call it hashtag LKB or LKRB, low key rich bitch dressing. <laughs> hashtag LKRB. And like you can, you can tell when someone is very, very wealthy because they dress like Shiv if you are, uh, uh, very, very rich. And I just thought that whole scene was absolutely spectacular. And did you like the episode as a whole? I did. Kieran is so fantastic. And I think, you know, because the father, Logan, his the, the actor who plays Logan, has been on the, the talk show circuit re- recently, and he's been really nasty to Kendall. It makes me think that he really is like that in real life. I mean, that like we he's not acting. He's just being himself. <laughs> So that I love watching him for that. I do love the actress who plays Shiv. I think they're all just spectacular. There, I, I do watch. It's a masterclass in acting. I'm kind of fascinated by the assistant that um, Logan is supposedly having an affair with, with the long straight black hair. Oh yes, really? yes, she's re- she's really good. Well, I you know I'm a Jerry fan all the way too. If anyone is my spirit animal, is probably Jerry. Blake, did you watch it? I don't, but. Is Jeremy Strong on this show? Yes, he plays Kendall. That's Kendall. Oh, okay. Because he is on the cover of the new GQ that we get, and it's, like, right in my bathroom right before I get into the shower, and he's all, like, in boxing gear, but with, like, 
boxer shorts and you can almost see up them, you know, and I'm always <laughs> like, ooh. So it's a nice little I- image for you as you get into sun yeah. power. So that's my connection to succession. But I mean, I guess I should watch it because we talk about that and hacks like every every <laughs> yeah, no, you, really, you really should it took me if you remember it took me a while before i agreed to watch it it took me a couple years but then i binged it and like i said if you just watch it for kieran culkin and uh uh cousin greg it's just it is kieran is such a perv in the show and all he does is masturbate and that's all he talks about is just I've got to go pull it to Jerry, the old lady. He always masturbates and sends dirty pictures to the old lady. He's in love. He's obsessed with her. There's a strange bond between them. It isn't yeah, just wait, like I think. Oh, I think they're. I I want them to get married. She's like eighty and he's thirty. But you want you're really rooting for these two mad kids, madcap <laughs> kids to pull it together. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break. Um, Succession is streaming on HBO Max and in a totally different vein, but really enjoyable. And I suppose it does have a certain horny element to it is Restaurants at the End of the World, uh, a four-part series uh, from World of Wonder where award-winning chef Kristen Kish travels to four off-the-eaten-path restaurants that are literally at the end of the world. Um, You know, Panama... Um, inside the Arctic Circle with polar bears and what have you. It's really great. Tuesdays on Nat Geo and Disney Plus. Hey, Blake, do you have a question for us? I do, I do. Um, you all know pop weirdo Grimes, right? Yeah, of course. Who has kids with Elon Musk. Uh-huh. And they have a daughter named Exa Dark Sidrel Musk. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, Grimes posted that they've changed her name. Or what they call her. What do they call her now? I know this one. Mystery will be solved right after the break here on The Wow Report. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. And welcome back to The Wow Report. I'm Fenton here with James St. James and Blake standing in for Tom. And um, you teased us with a very intriguing question. Yes, Grimes, pop weirdo, um, has a daughter with Elon Musk named Exa Dark Sidrail Musk or something like that. She changed the name. What is she called now? Fenton, I'll give it, I'll let you take a gander. Mm, probably something really, yeah, you know, like Samantha. <laughs> <laughs> it, didn't she change it to just question mark? She did. It's. <laughs> But it's pronounced Y, so it can be spelled as the letter Y, W-H-Y, question mark, or just question mark. That's batshit crazy, this that, poor child. Exactly, right? You know, but you're right, Fenton. The child will probably grow up and want to be called, like, Ellen or something, you know? <laughs> right. Like, I'm sure, like, the kids always end up, you know, rebelling against what the the craziness of their parents my name is excess sidrell but just call me tosh <laughs> yeah <laughs> well you know if she's gay she can always change her name to query i have qu- ah <laughs> get it? question mark query get it, uh-huh. get it? All right. <laughs> um let's carry on counting down the top 10 things that made us go wow we've reached number seven number seven well, we've talked about Swarm that we streamed. We talked about Succession. Now I'm just going to give you a quick 
list of other things that I've been streaming with a yay or a nay. And James is going to help me out too. He's oh, yeah, because no, I have a couple of things that I've, I've been watching too that I want to talk about. So I watched MH370, The Plane That Disappeared on Netflix. Ooh, I want to watch that. There's a documentary, is it, right? is, it a, is it a movie or a series? It's a three-part series split into three parts that are each about an hour long. And it's basically the three theories that they think happened. Um, did you like it? I liked it. It was interesting, especially if you don't know, like, didn't follow the news story as closely. It's very good, you know, to go back and get all the facts. It does or, seem such a complicated story. It, I mean, really, I don't quite, yeah. Yeah, there's one theory that, I don't know, you'll just have to watch it next. Okay. Jared from Subway catching a monster on Discovery oh, Plus. Oh, that's just that's disturbing. I don't know about that one. Mm. It is very weird, especially like because you go back and you see all these commercials that he was in, and you're like, I remember that commercial. And, and there's you know, he really was like on the cover of People magazine and considered a hero, and people loved him. It was just a terrifying story. Yeah. I mean, I would, I guess, watch it if you're into that into <laughs> what? if you're into groomers if you're yeah. a groomer about subway sandwiches or like, what if are you, you into if you have a hankering to watch a doc about groomers he was just the spokesperson right he was the right. spokesperson but then he, he was arrested for pedophilia he's Indeed, been yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 it's really dark Next, uh, Real Housewives. I did Real Housewives of Potomac. Love Potomac. I've never watched that one before. Real Housewives of Miami. Loving that. Our friends uh, Cooper and Nate Green. Oh, right. Yeah. Produced that. And there's the old new Ultimate Girls Trip. Um, And that's about all I got. Mm. What do you got? I started watching uh, the new Marie Antoinette on uh, PBS as a series. Sofia Coppola did it better. MGM did it with Norma Shearer and Tyrone Power in the 30s. Really, that those are the those are the main ones you should watch. This is interesting because it um it's sort of a feminist retelling of the story, and she goes to um Madame Dewberry, who is sort of a whore, you know, the court whore, who and she asks her to teach her how to please her man because. Louis the Sixteenth and Marie Antoinette famously did not have sex for like the first five years of their marriage because he was such an idiot he didn't know what to do and so she sort of has to trick him into like you know placing the penis in the vagina like he doesn't know what to do and so she go takes horror lessons from Madame Dewberry so it's sort of <laughs> interesting. Um, I'm also watching. I started today this morning. I started watching The Great Expectations, the new version. I don't know if you've seen it. It's really good. I, Olivia, I, I, you know, like, how many times are they going to remake Jane Austen novels, Charles Dickens novels, and Shakespeare okay. plays? It's like, for goodness sakes. Okay, but the thing that this one has going for it is that Olivia Coleman is uh, Miss Havisham. And there have been some great Miss Havishams over the years. But Olivia Coleman is, it's horror. It is, it is literally, she is terrifying in her rotted wedding dress. And she's covered in like frost. She's just, she's like right out of a monster movie. She's so good. The kid who plays Pip is really, really cute. He's really good. He's really spectacular. And the thing that's getting everyone all up in arms is that Estelle is played by a person of color. And people are 
how can there be a black actress playing Estelle? Hmm. Well, it's fiction. I mean, the, <laughs> Estelle can be whatever you want it to be. And as long as the actress is good and she is absolutely beguiling as as Estelle, who is, this, you know, raised from childhood to destroy Pip. It looks spectacular. Everybody in it is spectacular. Um, and it's uh, just an interesting version. I, you know, Great Expectations was my favorite book growing up. I always felt I was Pip. We read what? it the same semester that the version, Gwynny's version. Oh, I, you know, I love the Gwen, Gwyneth Paltrow and Ethan, Ethan um, when he's standing outside the window and he's screaming, everything I've ever done has been for you, only for you. And those paintings, the Francesco, um, not Scavulo, uh, Clemente, remember Francesco uh, Clemente did all the paintings for that because he hmm. becomes a painter instead of a, a whatever it is he becomes in this one. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that's uh, big, great streaming hits everywhere, right? Yeah. yeah. Number six. Number six. Hang on to your hats. I have a crazy story from my personal life that I have to tell you. I had a Days of Our Lives moment this past week that was just bizarre, okay? So uh, in the 90s, uh, 80s and 90s, I had a best friend, a, a really, really good friend. I'm not going to mention his name, but um, I lived with him for a while. We were, I mean, we were just went out every night. We were really close, and he passed away in 2010. He overdosed. He um, had sort of fallen back into to bad habits, and he, he died, and it was— uh, it was very sad and we all went to his memorial and the family was at the memorial and we all hugged and cried and told stories. And since then, you know, there's a group of friends and we always talk about this guy. We just, we have a million stories. Everybody has a million stories about him. He's, he was so funny. He was so beloved. Right. And it's been, it, it's been hard. It's been, it's been difficult to, to, you know, for him to be gone. You know, we've lost so many friends over the years, whatever. Um, but I got a phone call the other day and it was a mutual friend. And he said, you're not going to believe who I just got off the phone with. And I said, what? And they said his name. And I said, what? And they said, yes, no, he's not dead. He's alive. He's been alive this whole time. What? What? He's come back from the dead. Apparently his very wealthy family said, we will put you in the best rehab. We will send you away. You will come back. You will live with the family. You will take over the family business, and you will have no contact with your former friends. And if you have any contact with anybody from your former life, you were out on the street. You were dead to us. We will not do this again. You have one chance to do this. So the family concocted this whole, he died, the memorial, everything. We all went and hugged the mother and hugged the sister, cried and cried. They were crying and da, da, da. Well, and so now the, the, the grandfather is dead. The, one of the parents is dead. And he is uh, comfortable enough that he can go back now and, and contact a certain few people. So I got his phone number. I called him and I was, what in the hell? We sat and we laughed and laughed and laughed about it. And I was a little irritated at first, but I'm just <laughs> glad to have him back. And he's, he rose from the dead. This is like one of those soap opera things where somebody who is dead that comes is back to life. Wow. And um, was he the same? Exactly the same. And, you know, I mean, of course, 
I was, I kept saying, you know, I understand if my presence is triggering or if like, you know, talking about, you know, Michael or, or, you know, some of these, you know, Brooke or these other friends that we had, if that's triggering and I won't do it. And he was like, no, 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 it's fine. I want to hear where, where, what's everyone, everyone's doing. So I got him all caught up on everybody, you know, cause I, I know where everybody is now through our podcast. And so we just, we had, we talked for about two or three hours and just had the best time. And so I think I'm going out to visit him at some point. And I'm just, it's, I've got my friend back. It's just crazy. Well, that is crazy. This would only happen to you. It's true. It's true. You know, three times in my life, someone has come back to life. It's been very strange. <laughs> we had, there, there was a club owner. I don't know if you remember Frank Rocchio. And mm-hmm. everyone thought that he was dead. And it turns out that he had just been homeless. And uh, uh, his child they had they had a memorial for him, and then someone saw him on the street. And I told you, my literary agent, Martin, you know, well, you said he, he had disappeared, but he, he never disappeared. Yeah, but came. then somebody found saw him uh, in tatters and rags, talking to himself in the park, and he had just gone back to his uh, meth days and just oh dropped out God. of society. And you thought that Andy Warhol was going to pop out of the coffin? <laughs> well, I was wrong about that one. <laughs> well, never say never. I mean, <laughs> right. <laughs> So if so, I'm I'm wondering now who else in my life that's dead is actually you know like Michael well, Ailey sure is probably still alive. Don't lead him back into temptation, James. <laughs> do, do you think he's on the? Is he on the straight and narrow now? Oh yeah, yeah, you know he totally is, and he's um he he he's doing very well for himself, and and everything is is great. So I'm very happy for him. You know he got out of the life, and he managed to do okay for himself, and now. He can dip his fingers back into his old friends, That's or I don't. That kind of came out wrong. What? Yeah, happy ending. Yeah, happy ending. All right, number five. Number five. Um, you know, uh, yesterday Donald Trump was indicted, and something else happened in court, really significant. The Gwyneth Paltrow "Goops, I Did It Again" trial wrapped up, and the jury returned. A verdict. Spoiler alert. She's innocent. She wins. She wins one dollar. I am obsessed. This whole trial has been so bananas. I have been loving every minute of it. She is. I I want there to be a a Netflix series about this. I want it to be a six-part series. I'm I'm just loving every second of it. But, But before we get into it, though, did you see her lean over and whisper to him? When the verdict came down, I no, what did she? It. Did you read her lips? No, I didn't. But I have a feeling she either said "suck my Oscar, bitch," or <laughs> just something nasty like "I, I got you, old man." <laughs> kind of uh, stone faced, no emotion, really. Goops! I did it again, and then a Britney giggle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. It- has brought me joy. I, there's something about it that is just. Well, she's a ghoul. Like discovering, <laughs> like we 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 sort of knew how ghoulish she was. We knew that she was a nut, but she is just a self-obsessed narcissist to the nth degree. Like it, like it's bizarre that somebody like that can. I keep going. I'm sorry. I'm... No, yeah, I, I think Bella. you're right. There is a certain the 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 shot of her entering the courtroom dressed in black 
Someone had said, I saw Goopy Proctor frolicking with the devil behind the barn. Oh, that, <laughs> yes. Um, and, um, oh, gosh, who does those hilarious, during the sort of Trump years, he would do Paul Rudnick's posts. Um, he posted the picture of Gwyneth entering the courtroom and said, the crowd grasped, Satan has taken a bride. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Catwoman's bitter cousin Estelle? <laughs> Did the lights just flicker? <laughs> if you make eye contact, you die. <laughs> and uh, beware the banshee of Inisherin. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yet yeah, the trial is just uh, what I don't understand. Because I've seen T-shirts and sweatshirts now that say, well, I lost a half day of skiing. <laughs> it's like a meme. Everybody is like has had a bit written on their shirt. It's the new um, heartbreak looks good in a place like this. I think that, right, that just the opportunity to get a close look at Gwyneth, because she just seemed to sit strangely. And then that she was weirdly obsessed with the placement of the camera in the courtroom, that it was somehow <laughs> directed at her in some way or something. I... And again, it's that billionaire boy. I have seen articles in The Cut, in Vogue, in The Wall Street Journal, in W, uh, every, um, uh, Harper's Bazaar. Everybody has been doing their piece on the clothes that she wears. That They all say, you know, it's loose, it's baggy, it's, you know, it's, it's obviously like from the row. Like, you know, the fashion people want to know everything about them you know her jewelry it's like she's trying not to be noticed but she's being noted like she can't quite do it because there's something very ostentatious about the gold jewelry that she's been wearing i saw someone commented about her wearing her jeffrey dahmer glasses yes <laughs> yes well i suppose we should just recap to say that you know that the, the the short version of this whole story is that what 2016 Gwyneth and this guy um, Sanderson, they had they collided on the slopes of a Deer Valley ski resort, right? And yes. each says the other collided with them. And initially, he sued her for three million. It's now down to three hundred thousand, and Gwyneth is countersuing for one dollar. I mean, she could do it in a heart. She could she could write the check and wouldn't even have to check her account, you know, her balance. So oh, it, yeah, it's that... obviously she doesn't want this to be part of her legacy. She doesn't want she's fighting it in a way like she shouldn't fight it. She should have just made it go away instead of, you know, but she was is adamant that she's going to make this guy pay for fucking with her. You know, it's it's she's really twisting the knife here because she thinks that she can get away with this. It's fascinating. It's just fascinating. The behavior of these of the rich and famous just confounds me. Well, the uh, uh, his lawyer did some sort of weird calculation where he wanted thirty three dollars per hour that he's suffered from cognitive decline in the seven years since the accident and the ten years he's estimated to live, which I think is a little bleak. I mean, he's eighty, and I think he's going to be dead by ninety. So he wants three million. So right, but then Gwyneth's lawyer said, "Look, he's seventy six. My parents, they were dead by then." <laughs> Which just seems a little so oh. callous. <laughs> it's exactly. It does feel like something ripped from Succession, doesn't it? It, it, it you couldn't write a better script, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's just yeah. 
Oh, and there's more. Um, OJ made a video on Twitter about it because he, <laughs> he said that he has skied that very same run and feels that the run itself is too narrow. And he talks about going skiing there with Nicole Brown. I'm like, really? And then he says that he actually crashed with the same woman twice on the exact same run. So it's a cursed run is what it is. It just feels so wrong, but I guess it's going to be. I do love, though, that they've been interviewing the townspeople about Gwyneth's outfits. And they all say, you know, she's one of us because the coastal elites, when they come, they always dress in black and she dresses in pale, pale pale colors, which is what we do in town. (laughs) Oh, I see. Well, you know, she wanted to give treats to the bailiffs. Bring some goop candles, some vagina and they were, candles, and some jade eggs, but they were declined. It was like, <laughs> anyway, all right. Um, hey, let's take a quick break. Um, drag performers and the LGBTQ community facing threats across the country, and that's why World of Wonder, RuPaul's Drag Race, and MTV have donated to the Drag Defense Fund to support the very important work the ACLU is doing to fight for our protection. You can learn more and donate at the aclu.org slash drag defense. Blake, do you have a question? I do. Um, do you guys know who Angela White is? Yes. Um, she is the artist formerly known as Black China, and she recently had lots of fillers and stuff removed. How much weight did she lose after she got her butt implants removed? Oh, that's fascinating. <laughs> All right, we'll have you answer right after the break. You're listening to the Wow Report on Radio Andy. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Welcome back to the Wow Report. Uh, I'm Fenton here with James and Blake. What was that question, Blake? <laughs> uh, it was about Black China. She's recently been in the news because she's Removed her fillers, her breast implants, and her butt implants. How much weight did she lose when she lost her butt implants? Mm, I don't know, 14 pounds. 114 pounds. <laughs> 10 pounds. Wow. You know, she does look, she looks fantastic. You know, she gets a lot of crap online. But I, 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 I applaud her for doing it. And I think she looks great. All right. Number four. Number four. Um, I just want to talk about some news topics, and Black China was one of them. You, you know, she said she got baptized last year, and it caused her to think about how she wanted to be a role model for her kids. Do you think it's sincere or publicity? Well, I think more in- the more interesting question is, will this be a catalyst for other celebrities to start taking out their fillers and their, you know, butt implants and stuff? Is it going to be a trend? Because you notice that a lot of people are taking out their fillers and going with the, the buckle fat removal. That seems to be all the rage. Fenton, I don't know why you haven't gotten it done yet. <laughs> yeah, you're I buckle know it's coming. I know you have it on the books. Well, you know, if you take it out, can you reuse it? Can you like no. donate it to a reinsertion what program? What the fuck is buckle buckle fat? It's it's that thing that everyone's using to get their jaw shaved. It's this oh, uh, like right Liam, there. Liam, yeah, like, uh, yeah, like Liam, yeah, from One Direction. 
And every, yeah, and Katy Perry got it done and she looks terrible. Everybody's getting it done. A couple of real housewives have gotten it done and it looks awful, but everyone <laughs> seems to think that it's the new, the new way of the future. Hmm. Well, what about the Molly and Dolly? Have you heard about this? They have a uh, song called Rainbow Land, and a Wisconsin school has pulled it from their talent show. It's it's a, it's scary and sad. It's just weird this world that we're living in. And the and lyrics aren't even like that. No, the lyrics are very uplifting. Like we've all got to be together and hold hands, yeah. and, uh, yeah. and they're like groomer, groomer, groomers. <laughs> Dolly Parton is a groomer. Rainbows are groomers. It's like that other thing of the um the teacher who was fired from school because of the Michelangelo's David, oh. and the idea that you know the paradoxical idea that you should look, like children shouldn't be allowed to look at that, but they can witness each other being slaughtered in a school. You know. Well, it's, just... it's all. What's also really scary about both cases mm. is that it was one parent who made the complaint to the school board, and they took it. You know, they they, they one parent was able to stop teachers from teach teachers everywhere from teaching about the statue of David is one parent or one or two parents who complained about the song, the Miley and Dolly song that we have given so much power to these, you know, uh, nuts, these right wing nuts that they have the power to, to change all of the whole school system for the state of Florida. Like one that million, nut. like that million mom thing, where Which it's is not, not a million, million moms, moms it's, it's like a hundred or something. Yeah, yeah, it's that. They but also, I suppose so it's much the, power to them. It's just, it, it's crazy. And are we giving them the power through the desperation of the media and the news cycle, even reporting the stories? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Finally, on a brighter note. <laughs> yes. Build a bear, and RuPaul. <laughs> There's a new RuPaul Build-A-Bear, and it is so cute. It has eyelashes, a gold dress, honey locks. Well, I wonder if I complain about it and say the bear is being a, a groomer if if uh, I can get it taken off the shelves. <laughs> I don't think they'll believe you. That's the problem, James. They won't believe <laughs> your radical I, I right think credentials. The, uh, the ad for it is adorable where it's like, you better, what is it? Does anybody see? It's like a whole thing of of RuPaul's sayings, but done like about bears. Like you better no. eat your honey well, pot or something. Yeah, you can just see the right wing working themselves into a frenzy about bears being stuffed and what have you. Oh yes, yes. Yeah. Well, that's all I got this week. Oh, okay, number three. Number three. Rest in perfection, Lily Savage. Um, shocking news that Lily Savage this week. Uh, Passed away very suddenly, aged just 67 years old. Well, uh, Lily Savage. People in America know who Lily Savage is. Well, Can Lily Savage, me? national treasure of Great Britain, um, very famous drag queen who became a, 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 a mainstream television star, hosted talk show on BBC, had her big break really on The Big Breakfast um, in the early 90s. Which is sort and of like their view. Lily Savage, Paul O'Grady's character, Lily Savage, was just acerbic and had a voice of cut glass and was very political and outspoken and just just a lovely sort of harsh character. Um, and uh, hilariously funny and performed for years at the Royal Vauxhall Tavern in, in South London. In fact, from... 
84 to 92, was a, the host of Stars of the Future every Thursday night. And Randy and I were living in London in 1988, and we would go religiously every week oh. to the Vauxhall Tavern. And this was before Lily was on TV. And Randy and I used to say, oh, she is so talented. It's just a shame she'll never be on TV. <laughs> and the next thing you know, she's hosting One of those famous Red Randy and Fenton pronouncements. <laughs> <laughs> but what a miracle uh, that we were so, <laughs> so not a miracle that we were wrong, but how fantastic. It's so interesting that um, a, a drag performer, you know, like you think of like Dame Edna or, or you hmm. know, but that like was able to break through on such a national and become a national icon and beloved by housewives in, you know, you know, Manchester or whatever. Oh, absolutely. But in England, we've always had a sweet tooth for camp and we've always had drag queens. I mean, as mainstream yeah. entertainers, like, um, yum, 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 you know, um, Dame Edna. There you go. Dame Edna. Exactly. You know, and many more. None of whom I seem to be able to think of at this moment. (laughs) Danny LaRue. Danny LaRue, LaRue, yes. But somebody like David Hoyle, you know, you you could have had a TV show. Actually, David Hoyle, the Divine David, has had a TV show, and World of Wonder produced it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's pretty spectacular. Yeah. Um, Because David Hoyle is another genius. I mean, absolute genius. Oh, absolutely. Just crazy. mm -hmm. But it's a terribly sad loss. And uh, even though um, um, Paul O'Grady was very outspoken against the royal family and called him a lot of parasitic old slags, he had a great relationship with Queen uh, Camilla. And uh, together they worked a lot at the Battersea Dogs home. And I think that was perhaps his longest running show was for the love of dogs. It was on for something like um, 10 years. Uh, he absolutely adored dogs. I guess the underdog, really, you know, random dogs. So that's rest in perfection, Lily Savage, uh, Paula Grady. All right, number two, James. Number two. Um, there were a couple other great losses that the LGBTQ community suffered this past uh, two weeks. Uh, I didn't get a chance to talk to last week, um, but the great JoJo Baby from Chicago, the legendary club kid artist doll maker uh really just an interesting interesting character beloved in um in chicago and and everywhere i knew i knew him in the 80s and 90s he'd been around forever and ever and ever a fantastic fantastic artist these outrageous outfits that were just huge 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 beyond like using parachutes and i mean just unbelievable stuff uh he apprenticed under greer langton so his dolls were those sort of creepy, creepy dolls. In fact, Theron Smothers, uh, our World of Wonder producer, spent a summer with JoJo in Greer Langton, I believe, in Chicago before moving to New York. He, we should have probably had him on to talk about JoJo. Anyway, just a beloved, beloved character. There's a great um, obituary in the Chicago Sun-Times that you should check out in one in paper magazine. Uh, just a club kid legend and icon. Um, the other, we lost Darcel, Darcel 15 from Portland, who was the oldest working drag queen in the world. 92. She was 92 years old, still doing shows every week in Portland, Oregon. She um, had been performing 
she opened up her club that she performed at in 1967 and had been working continuously every week until last week. Um, just an amazing, amazing performer. And you talk about someone who is beloved by the community. People would come from all over the world to see Darcel perform in her 90s. I mean, just unbelievable stuff. Um, every drag queen in the planet was, you know, like the same with Lily Savage. Everyone's been posting pictures of Darcel. Uh, she, during the AIDS crisis, she delivered food. She spent time with hospice workers. She was an amazing, she really was, I mean, someone who gave back to the community not just the gay community, but but the community in Portland, um, really a good, good person. I do have to say that she really yelled at me one time. She really attacked me when I went to go do a Daily Freak show with her. And apparently my energy was a bit overwhelming for her. And she was like, back the fuck off, kid. Back off. You're, you're, you're a little too, you're, get out of my space. And she proceeded to dress me down. And we have that on tape somewhere. I'd love to find it and post it again. <laughs> because <laughs> We have to find that. That's yeah, right. Because as, as much as everyone talks about what a lovely, gentle creature she was, she is one of the, she was so nasty to me, but I deserved it. And I, it's a badge of honor to be dressed down by ourselves rest in perfection all um let's take one more break and when we come back the number one thing this week that made us go wow you're listening to world of wonders wow report things that make us go wow and welcome back to the wow report i'm fenton here with james and blake we've been counting down the top 10 things of the week that made us go wow we've reached number one number one Number one, it could only be Fenton Bailey and his new book, Screen Age, which we have yet to really delve into on this show. But uh, you did uh, have a, a reading. You've had a number of readings um, in the past couple of weeks, but you had one here in Los Angeles at Book Soup. Uh, Michelle Visage was the hostess. Tell me, how did it go? Well, James, you were there. What did you think? <laughs> I I know I am not allowed at Book Soup. I have been I have a lifetime ban at Book Soup. I'm not going to talk about why. They 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 talk about you very fondly there, and oh um, nice. But it was a lovely evening, and Michelle was very you know she's so good and like she's so good. Just walks into a room and starts to talk, and you know it was just it was really fun. Um, Did you get the idea that she she had actually read the book, or was she just riffing the entire time? Uh, just between us, girlfriends. Thoughtfully, someone had provided her with some cards, some of which she read out. What were those cards provided by someone whose initials are FB? <laughs> no, no, I yes. don't believe so. <laughs> um. Well. Who who you've done other ones with Lady Camden as well and well la- <laughs> yes Lady Camden in San Francisco bless her the day of the event she came down with COVID so oh, no. <laughs> Lady Camden didn't materialize but Ronan Farrow very kindly stepped in because we oh, were nice. filming Ronan and did the intro and Randy did the questions nice, uh, and nice. then and then in you Austin, had Jonathan, you had Jonathan in Van Ness, um, like, yeah, yeah, and, who yeah, was spectacular and amazing. And of course, at DragCon, um, the one and only Graham Norton, who so kindly wrote the foreword, he did a, a talk. So I'm really wait know, a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. DragCon London. 
Oh, oh so I was like, have I missed Dragon? I thought I, I no, thought I had. No, you have not missed Dragon. Oh, it was um, just like World of Wonder to give me the wrong dates so that I miss it. <laughs> I would just say Dragon coming up in May. Dragon LA and now May are you going to be doing a panel discussion there? Maybe you should. I'll try and flog a few books. Maybe, maybe James, you would like to talk to me. Maybe I would. Maybe, That's... maybe we could do. Uh, maybe we could do a little signing booth or something like that i don't know i love that what a great well, idea you've got um on april 27th at the strand in new york ronan farrow as well mm-hmm. so if you're in new york yeah go to no, the strand i have now, to say do you enjoy, i mean i'm i'm sorry do you enjoy the process of of thumping for books because it's it's exhausting it is i love you know i i love talking about the book uh and being the um, center so of attention. <laughs> so I do enjoy it. No, I don't like so much being the center of attention, but I do like talking about the book. And I am conscious that actually, if you can get anyone to a book signing, it is a miracle. Um, really there was is. an article in the Wall Street Journal a few months ago. Um, Chelsea Banning wrote, wrote about um, she had a book signing and no one showed up. Yes. Um, yes. And so often in a bookstore, it is just empty chairs. Um, yeah. In fact, just the other day, Suzanne Young um, posted a tweet of similar situation. I, I saw said, that one, yes. And I, I told you know, I've had an experience like that. I've had both experiences where I've had overflowing crowds that you're so grateful for. But then I remember one in Santa Monica that it was just one older woman, and apparently she'd been wandering around the store and her feet hurt, and so she sat down, and that's who I read to. And she was horrified and ran out of the, the building. But like you, just, it's a crapshoot. You just never know. It is a crapshoot. And that's why I'm doing my best to enlist uh, people more famous than me, which isn't very hard, <laughs> who might draw a crowd or the odd you know, person <laughs> passing by. But I will say, I mean, I do think to some extent thumping for books is, is sort of God's work in the sense that, you know, we're in a cultural moment where, you know, I think just last year, uh, something like 2,000 titles were banned. This is so un-American to be banning books. And so, and yet, you know, I feel, token, James, I know, gotta, you know, get out there. I know that I was sort of hoping that my freak show would be banned so that I had an excuse to start thumping it again because then you, you start getting on all those, like, read a banned books websites. <laughs> and I was hoping to maybe get a bump. So it, there is something to say for being banned. Well, anyone from the radical right listening to this know now what to do. Ban James's book. <laughs> and while you're at it, you can ban Screen Age as well. So, um, that's all we got time for this week. Uh, thank you so much for listening. James, thank you. Blake, thank you. Uh, Tom will be back next week, I hope. Uh, you can watch previous episodes on our YouTube channel, Wow Presents. And God willing, we'll see you same time, same place next week. Until then, go out and do something that makes the world go wow.